the Koi Gig Pod. I wouldn't even look at them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even prepare to play against them because you do know what you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> we could beat them six nil, or we could lose six nil. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. International Women's Day, I did mention at the top of the show this morning, we wanted to talk female participation in sport, uh, some concerning levels and dropout rates, um, and I guess we want to discuss ways in which we can keep young girls involved in physical activity and sport in Ireland, uh, especially. So uh, delighted to be joined on the show this morning by Nora Stapleton, the former Irish international rugby player who is now the Women in Sport lead with Sport Ireland, and Benny Cullen, the Director of Research and Innovation at Sport Ireland as well. Good morning to you both. Thanks a million. Uh, for taking the call from us this morning, uh, I might start with you, Nora. Um, some of these, some of these figures are, are quite concerning. One of them in front of me: participation plummeting during adolescence. Seven percent of girls aged fourteen to fifteen uh, getting the recommended physical activity levels. It is a bit of a worry, isn't it? It is, um, but I guess that's why you know myself and Benny and others are working hard to try and use the research to um, to work on what we can implement to to change that trend. I think the stats that you read out there are probably from the children's sports participation and physical mm. activity study, and and Benny might mention that you know there's a new version of that coming out shortly where we might see some of those changes. But um, we know that teenage girls participate less in sport than boys. Um, that's reality. It has been for um, a long, long time now. Uh, we know that females across age groups, um, not all age groups, uh, you know, in some maybe the latter years, uh, more women than men are active. But Benny can speak to that. But um, the work that we're doing and, you know, the reason why I guess I'm in the role and why we have a sport iron policy in women in sport is because we know that interventions are required and um, ways are funding, et cetera, et cetera, that we can try and encourage, that we can motivate and that we can create programs that teenage girls and others want to take part in. Um, and that's today, you know, we might hopefully talk about it. We're launching a new campaign called Her Moves, which we're really excited about. And that is targeting teenage girls and those who are important in their lives in a way to try and um, encourage and motivate them to be more active. So, look, hopefully going forward, we might start to change some of these trends. But certainly, yes, they do participate less in boys. And it is an area that we need to focus on. I guess one of the reasons, Nora, for for, uh, dropout rates being so high is, you know, sport maybe being seen as, quote unquote, unfeminine or, or uncool for young girls in their adolescent years. Is that something that's changing with the, with the I guess, rise of, of so many female role models in Irish sport? You've got the women's team heading to the World Cup. You've got Katie Taylor, Kelly Harrington, uh, Leona Maguire. It just seems to be heading in the right direction. And surely those role models can only help. The role models are definitely doing. They're amazing. And we have some, you know, women's sport and um, it's particularly at a high performance level, you know, our female athletes are doing just superbly well and it's great to see. Um, for teenage girls, look, they're going through so many changes and, you know, being a teenager today is hard and that's what they're telling us. Um, is it uncool? You know, it mightn't be so much that it's uncool. It's more that they uh, look too deeply at their own performance within mm. the sport or if they don't feel like they fit or if they don't feel like they're good enough to be there, then it's easier for them to drop out than to try and stay up with maybe the performance level uh, that's been demanded of them. So, you know, 
we're looking at competition structures, for example, that can lead to girls being deselected from teams um, or trying to hit certain markers or certain times. And if girls aren't reaching those milestones, um, they, they fall away from it. You know, there seems to be no place for those that just love to run, love to swim when they can, as opposed to being, um, you know, the demands put on them to train as often as they can or you know the way maybe our team sports are set up you you have to go training twice a week and you play a match the weekend and that's where you play and then if you don't get picked for that where do you go um so these girls are telling us like look we want to be we we love sport and they they really do you know they see the benefits of sports like we shouldn't be telling them oh you must be you know play sports in order to be healthy because Mm -hmm. they know all that and what we're trying to do now is reframe what sport looks like and uh, we're trying to kind of change those kind of moments of pride um, and take that away you know that it's not all about winning that you can have these other achievements and moments of pride within sport but most importantly we're trying to give the girls a voice in all this uh, so a lot of the research that we've done we've spoken to teenage girls consulted with them uh, so their voice is very much embedded in it and they're telling us they want more adventure they want to try more sports that they would never normally get to try they want to do more stuff outside um, and you know they want to some nearly even mix in their own hobbies and behaviours within that as well so we're encouraged in sports to to bring in music, bring in art drama, whatever it is um, because the girls are saying to us like look we're not just going to leave our other interests behind and just play sports. We want to see that we're able to merge the two together as well. So it's, you know, doing things a little bit differently. Um, but back to the role models, like they are so, so important and they're amazing. But those role models will inspire the next generation of, of elite athletes or those girls who are, you know, striving to be their best. The role models won't have as big an impact on the girls who are falling out of sport because they just don't love it anymore. Um, and those girls, the ones that are inactive are saying, to us look, I don't really yeah I've heard of Katie Taylor never seen her box mm. um, which is devastating for us from Sport Ireland but unfortunately there's a whole pile of girls out there that don't relate to our um, high achieving role models and so we need to find other ways to engage them there is probably challenges challenge there, like for even boys and girls for coaches to recognise the players that are either on the periphery or not getting game time to really maximise their enjoyment and to make them feel that they, it's worthwhile and to make them um you know, value their own worth because, you know, that's probably, I guess that is a concern where it's sad just to see people fall away that maybe don't realise their potential when there is latent potential there. Yeah, 100%, you're right. And um, coaches play a key role and isn't it so unfair of us to put like all this responsibility on coaches um, I, I've coached and, and I know the difficulties that can exist when you're trying to look at one cohort who are really want to, to win the upcoming match and then you're looking at the longer picture of like well you're only 14 if I can get you through these teenage years and, and where well, you're hitting 18 and everybody's enjoyed it, everybody's improved everybody feels like they're, they're improving, they're learning new skills um, then you've a much greater chance that they will continue to be active in later years as well. Um, we've created a, a workshop called Coaching Teenage Girls in Sport which is directed at coaches and the whole idea is to help that coach um, construct the environment that's built around their athletes or players to ensure that everyone is kind of getting more from that and they're enjoying it. Um, we talk about menstrual cycle there, we talk about what does fun mean uh, within your training session and it doesn't need to be you know the maybe games that we thought well we only used to do those with the under sixes you know it's not about that but you can bring fun um into 
uh, into your your training session um, and then it's the language that you use with the teenage girls is so important as well so those coaching teenage girls workshops have really taken off we've run over a hundred of them um, this year already uh, the local sports partnerships and the national governing bodies of sports would run those for their sports or for the community and we're seeing over a thousand coaches already go through that and even so much so uh, Benny's unit and actually evaluated the course with Camogie, the Camogie Association and they went and they ta- spoke to the coaches when they went back to the clubs to find out well what changes are you making within your Camogie club and it was just amazing to hear the stories that were coming back mm. where they included the girls more in this you know what they should be training on or what the session should look like where they included the girls and like look we want to do trips away what does that look like bring them to camogie matches bring them to to other things where it's just about giving the girls a chance to to be together and to bond as a team so that there's loads in this um, and the coaches do have a huge part the her moves campaign which we're releasing um is targeting teenage girls but i also said it was targeting that that cohort around teenage girls who are important and coaches are a big factor of that so we see it as um with this campaign how can we give coaches more tips and guidelines and just more information as to how they can retain those girls within their training group. Uh, and Benny, as Nora says, the, the numbers are thankfully starting to head in the right direction in terms of uh, young girls' participation in sport in this country. Uh, one thing that struck me was the, was the difference in, in the url, urban and, and rural divide, that how you know it might be easier for, for a young girl to stay involved with sport in a, in a rural community, maybe because they stick to, to a certain limited number of, of the traditional sports as such. So that's quite a fascinating aspect to all this as well um yeah i think so yeah and good morning guys good to be here with you this morning um the yeah what we see really in the data is you know unique experiences for every individual girl and then them kind of yeah being grouped into kind of cohorts of the of the population across both urban and rural divide but also socioeconomic status and ethnic background and and things like that um so the experience is different for very different groups of girls a, a piece of work we did with Nora in the, the teenage girls research was to build personas the um, of different types of girls who are living in different areas and what their experience is um, so that we could really try and um, identify with what those girls are going through and the opportunities that are available to them and the challenges that they have and so you're dead right you know depending on the community they're in and the background that they're from um, yeah the opportunities that are available to them are, are very different. One of the heartening things we start to see coming out of the data is you know, small shifts in behaviour, which are tend to be going in the right direction, albeit especially for teenage girls, they're starting from quite a low bar. Um, but we start to see some structural shifts, which are really interesting. So girls are reporting um, a broader diversity of sporting opportunity, which we know is one of the things that they're feeding back to us in the focus groups. You know, the, that they want they want multiple sports that they can try through those teenage years, experiment with, get different experiences. And we'd often use the, the term, you know, there's a sport for everyone out there. You know, the um, so if the first one isn't for you, you know, don't give up, keep going. And it's up to society, it's up to Sport Ireland, national governing bodies, coaches, to ensure that, that, that those girls are being handed on, you know, the, that they're getting that broad diversity of experience. So we start to see that coming out through the data. So that's quite, that's quite heartening. It's interesting as well, Benny, like I, I even noticed on, on Nora's uh, Twitter, I think she had shared one of the, one of the sports sociable. So this is um, a, a lovely idea to, to kind of re-engage young girls in, in, in a sport like basketball, but it's, 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 it's less competitive and it's a model, I think, that, that would keep young girls involved. So the focus being on fun, which sounds like an obvious thing to say and, 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 a, and a clear, uh, obvious way to keep young girls involved, but, but implementing methods to keep 
young girls involved in, in, in big sports and the main sports in this country, but making it more fun is, is probably one of the more obvious solutions here. Yeah, I think so. And Johnny was touching on it there earlier on. I think a lot of the challenges that teenage girls are facing, teenage boys are you know, facing some of them as well. But that space of, of social participation is quite interesting. And we see it, you know, we see it at macro scale in the data. The, um, we've pretty much parity of participation in primary school, not a million miles off it. And then in the teenage years, the girls really start to drop out much earlier than the boys. The boys do drop out later on. Um, so we're in here scratching our heads, you know, in terms of policy and strategy mm-hmm. that could maybe help to address that. And I think this idea of social participation is a big, big driver, especially in teenage girls. And I think the, some of the models that we tend to come at with sport, uh, some of the language we've started to, to use here in the office is we have this competition by default model of sport. As kids transition from primary school to secondary school, if you're going to play one of the big sports, the default is you're playing to compete. Uh, and what we notice in, you know, when we do these focus groups and um, individual interviews with teenagers we see is, you know, the, there, there are less and less of them interested in that competition by default in that transitionary period. The larger due to the fact that they all mature at different levels, you know, the, um, and so having competition as an option. So opt into competition. If you want to compete, you compete. But having a recreational option, almost a recreation by default, so you keep everybody involved, you know, and that, that serves both the participation agenda. It should help to address this teenage dropout that we see. Um, it's not a silver bullet, but I think it could be a component. But as well, it should help the, the, the pathway issues that we see in Irish sport and the high performance end, because the more people you can keep involved, the, um, the more chance you have of identifying talent, maybe just because people happen to mature a little bit later, go through puberty a bit later. You know, maybe it's 15, 16, 17 by the time they really start to gain the work ethic, the, um, the physical and psychological competencies to be able to perform. And so if it's competition by default at 12, 13, 14, Maybe you lose them there, you know. So starting to see sports like basketball, and there are others, um, GAA and soccer, who are building these kind of recreational models of sport that run in parallel to the competitive element. And Nora mentioned the work we did with uh, Camogie on the the coaching workshop. One really big thing that came out of the Camogie work was that the girls who were playing Camogie, they loved competing. That was Mm -hmm. a big, big motivation for them. So there are a heap of teenage girls out there who really want to compete so it's not a question of, you know, oh, we don't need the competition version. We just need the recreational version. It's more of it's, it's, the idea is to try and have these dual pathways that work alongside each other so that those who want to compete can get in there, take part. And those who want to play for recreation don't feel ostracized. You know, they're part of the same family. They're part of the of the same community. I, I guess as well, Benny, they, you know, a lot of um, kids at that age are going to be developing addiction to their to their phone anyway, for one thing. And this is, you know, how much is on the schools then to say, well, we really have to provide a few hours a week here to students to do physical exercise as much as anything, get away from their phone, get outside, do, do something. Or, you know, is, is that asking too much of the schools? Um, yeah, like we, we do a good bit of work with the Department of Education. We do a good bit of work with active school flags. Uh, schools are chock-a-block busy, but they play their role. So, you know, and what, the, the approach we tend to take at it, at it is, you know, what we call a systems approach or a whole society approach, where we go, okay, everybody's got a role to play here, the, um, to try and ensure the kids stay active, the, um, and at, from our end, that they start to, you know, they start and maintain sports participation, especially teenage girls. Um, so you've got, you know, community sport, the, uh, you've got school sport, extra, extracurricular sport in school, you've got PE, the, um, the kind of curriculum element of being physically active, You've got elements of active travel and infrastructure that's there. 
but also you know local authorities um, play a huge role in this and we're working with them to, to develop local sports plans to improve the sporting infrastructure that's available i was only we were having a good chat earlier on the um with, with another colleague um like back in the day i know i grew up in the 80s we used to play curbs and heads and volleys with <laughs> you know jumpers out in the park um I think a child, especially a teenager's expectation of what sporting infrastructure should be and what the experience should be maybe means that, you know, that idea of doing curbs and playing around jumpers just doesn't meet their expectation of what society should look like nowadays. The, um, and so uh, we're having great conversations with some of the local authorities about, you know, building small scale sporting infrastructure, get the kids back out in the parks, but they won't play the way we used to play in the 80s. So it's trying to update the infrastructure in that space. So it's a, to, to answer your question there, Johnny, you know, you can't lump it all on the schools. It's everybody's got to play their part here. The um, and it's trying to coordinate that action um, um, to, to address especially this dropout of, of teenage girls. Just to, 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 to kind of, you know, comment on some of the work that, that Nora's doing, this teenage girl space is critical in terms of national sports policy. The, um, so what we see is, um, you know, good parity of participation in primary school. We're not, we're not far off that. The, um, 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 and then we get this big drop-off in the teenage years, especially amongst girls. The, um, and it takes, you know, two or three decades for that gap to catch back up again the and for women when they get a little bit older start participating in sport physical activity to the same rate as men um, so if we can reduce that gap in the teenage years the um, national sports policy has this ambition of parity of participation across both genders uh, that that teenage gap is critical to achieving that the um, so the kind of work that Nora is doing with the national governing bodies of sport some of the initiatives that you mentioned there shane um that's a real critical focus for, for national sports uh, policy. Uh, final word to you, Nora. And, and look, I, I know I'm kind of lumping the phrase teenage girls out there. There are s- girls who are at different levels of engagement. You know, some could be uh, engaged in sport a little bit and, and maybe fell away from it. Some might be completely disinterested completely. So I just want to make that point as well, that not every teenage girl is in the same boat here. Um, no. but, but that point that Benny makes as well about, about having the infrastructure and just awareness for young girls as well that there are options for different sports out there and that they're not all competitive is so important as well yeah definitely and um and that's what this new campaign is about her move so anybody listening i encourage you to pick up your phone and have a look on instagram twitter facebook um and tiktok it'll be the first time that sport ireland uh will be on tiktok and her Mm -hmm. moves is the channel that we'll be using there because look let's face it that's where the girls are and we want to speak to them Um, the campaign is about introducing new activities new opportunities and really opening their eyes to what's there away from maybe some of the sports that they would normally be introduced to in school or in the community um, you mentioned basketball and sociable and they, that's when they when Basketball Ireland first set up that it was targeting adults and encouraging adults to get back and just play basketball. I've been to a few sessions myself, it's really good fun because what I want to do, I just want to go, I want to play basketball, I want to feel like I've, I've you know maybe got a bit of a fitness hit um, and I'm not probably not scoring some hoops, but um, I'm certainly trying. But they're now using that uh, for the teenage age bracket, so they're bringing that in as one of their her moves programs. And um, we've a couple of other sports that are kind of the early adopters to this as well. So uh, you'll see table tennis. They're doing ping pong art so that's why I mentioned this you know merging of sport and, and other activities um, Tennis Ireland are doing serve swap so they're bringing in a kind of sustainability element to what they're doing just getting girls playing tennis but they're also going to teach them to upcycle their clothes etc um, and we, we've got loads more and there's lots of NGBs as well that will come on board really it's about starting it and, and I might just mention one of the local sports partnerships in Sligo 
So they're doing this amazing program where it's a surfing program, uh, but it's actually also teaching the girls to um, teach others. Uh, uh, like they're doing a kind of inclusive workshop where the girls will then teach other kids how to surf. Um, they'll also do beach cleanups um, and things like that. So it's really, you know, these programs are bringing much more to the program than just sport. Um, and eventually, as we build our website, the hermoves.ie website, we'll have all these opportunities on there. So a girl can go on, or her parent, um, our guardian, our teacher, our coach can go onto the website and see some of these other opportunities that exist. And we know that there won't be a program for every single girl in Ireland. It's more about inspiring and encouraging them to try some of these other sports that they might not have uh, thought to try before. Um, so we're really excited about it. And, you know, it's great to be able to share today and to talk just about this, you know, this whole area of teenage girls dropout. And that, it, as Benny said, it is a systems wide approach. Everybody's responsible. Um, and certainly that's what we're trying to do here in Sport Ireland to, to bring everyone on board through a campaign such as Her Moves. Absolutely. Hermoves.ie, as Nora said, and uh, International Women's Day. What better day to, to go and check it out? Nora, Benny, thanks a million for your time this morning. Thanks so much. It's been great. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.